Welcome to CritterCast episode 44. Woohoo! Oh my gosh, 44. It is our, our very first and unfortunately the way timing works out last Spooktober episode. For this year. For this year. Yeah. Because we did do a sort of spooky animal last episode. Yeah. Which was an October episode. But this one is is definitely. 100%. Spooktober. Spooktober themed. Absolutely. And inspired by the, the creepiest season. For those of you that are just joining us, my name is Karina. My name is Cassie. And we are the co-hosts of CritterCast, an animal-themed podcast with bi-weekly episodes covering the wild, wacky, and wonderful world of animals. That's right. And it's we are not experts here. No. We just love animals, <laughs> and we like to learn more about them. Mm-hmm. And then we teach you what we learn, and usually it's some pretty weird stuff. Oh, boy. I think we're in for it today. Oh, boy. A spooktober. today. Do How you want to know not what be? we're talking about? What are we talking about? We're talking about goblin sharks. The name. It's in the name. The spookiness yeah. is in the name. So we had to. It's also in literally everything about them. They're just, they're <laughs> Halloween-y. So it was time to, to dive in. Oh. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again. Sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot. about snails and their tweezer teeth or gush about our love of manatees we'll tell you why owls are so scary to us and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss we promise to make sure you'll have a blast because you're listening to critter cast yeah you are i feel like i should just add that to the end of the song that <laughs> that happens almost every time every time in the background yep gatsby found your robe yep Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Child. Yeah. Ugh. So goblin sharks. I'm so I've literally been waiting for this episode since before we started recording any of CritterCast. Oh my gosh. I love you. Like you were waiting for sharks. someone else to do it and they just didn't. So it's a time for us to yes. do Yes. Yes. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Okay. So goblin sharks. A lot of people have heard of them, but not. They don't necessarily know very much about them. Some people may not even be able to know what they like look like. Totally. And some people may not even have heard of them because honestly, they're pretty rare. So did you know about goblin sharks before we started talking about them here today? I know what they look like. Mm-hmm. I know that they live deep in the ocean. Yep. I yep. know that they're definitely sharks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and that, that's not always a given. No. And so. honestly, it hasn't been a given with them either. Oh, no. No. So clearly there's not that much that I know. Yeah. That's, I think, pretty normal, especially for this particular type of critter. Because like I said, they're really rare. We don't, we just don't encounter them that often. Right. They live at the bottom of the sea in most places. Um, they, they live mostly in the seas around Japan and they are bottom dwellers okay um, deep sea critters so we just really don't see them very much right yeah they have no reason to need to come up and bother us and we have no reason to go deep down hunting for them exactly mm-hmm. so if you haven't heard of them before or you haven't seen them before let me just start off by giving a little bit of background all right so i said that they're mostly around Japan, right? Mm-hmm. They do have a pretty huge range, though. They can um, they can travel throughout most of the Atlantic, the Pacific, and Indian Oceans, but they're most commonly found off the coast of Japan. All right. Most of the times that we have found them have been as bycatch from Japanese fishermen. 
So Japanese fishermen who accidentally catch these odd looking sharks. Right. <laughs> um, and they, their name comes from Japan as well. And they are um, inspired by the very weird, most immediate characteristic you're going to notice of a goblin shark, which is it's very long protruding snout. Right. So that snout reminded the fisher people who were catching them of a um, a folklore story, a critter mm-hmm. from folklore that was a long-nosed, red-faced demon known as the Tengu. So they began calling the species Tengu Zame, which um, means like demon shark mm-hmm. in Japanese. And so this translates into English as goblin shark, but people have also called it elfin shark as well. Yeah, yeah, elfin yeah. Like elves usually have like pointy noses. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. that could, I guess, make sense. Yeah. It's a little scary to be an elf, but. <sighs> it's a little scary. I mean, to be fair, even like I obviously we've, we've talked about sharks before on CritterCast mm-hmm. and, and you guys should know we are in full support, support of sharks here, uh, 100%. but we are also in, in cautious awe and fear right. of these <laughs> animals that can live in places that we daren't explore and have a lot of sharp pointy teeth. Okay. It's okay to be scared of animals with sharp pointy teeth. Yes. (laughs) Uh, These guys are probably not going to mess with you. Oh, that's good. Yes. That's Mm -hmm. nice. I mean, for the one thing, you probably won't ever be swimming where they live. I think you would die before you got down. Unless you had very specialized equipment. Right. In which case you're probably more than a match for them. But they also, they, they eat smaller things anyway. Oh, They're that's not good go to know. You. Yeah. So how how about how big are they? Okay. So they are on average, and let me put in a little caveat here. There is a lot we don't know about this species. Right. Because you're only catching exactly a, a rare few. You're not getting a good idea of the the actual population. Exactly. That's right. And we have um, we have research going on to try and learn more about them. But most of the species that we've, or the specimens that we've seen of this species are from accidental catches. Right. From fisher folks. Right. So um, there's just not many specimens to go off of. Absolutely. And a lot of those specimens were dead. Oh, yeah. Right. Especially by the time that they got to researchers. Right. Or to scientists. So half of the information that we knew before like the 2000s mm-hmm. has turned out to be totally wrong. Right. Cause you <laughs> catch a couple dead ones that maybe were sick. Maybe they right. weren't a good example of or the species. If they weren't preserved very well. Right. And you're making assumptions be- as best you can off of a poorly preserved specimen. Right. Who knows what right. the, <laughs> the living majority of the population is going to be like. Absolutely. But on average, they have been about 10 to 13 feet long. Okay. Um, and around 460 pounds. All right. However, fisher folk have claimed to have observed one that was 18 feet long. So Seems fake. Theoretically, they <laughs> could get bigger. I mean, yeah. who the heck knows? I mean, that's, that's still large. Yeah. Like, think about the average yeah. or even, like, the non-average human being as tall as, like, maybe seven feet. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And that's, like, an outrageously tall human being, yes. you know? Yeah. They are pretty slender. They're not, if you're thinking shark and you're thinking like great big white head, right, shark. Right. It's not that. It's not shaped like that. No. It's it's a lot longer. It's got weird fins all over the place going weird directions. Yeah. It's just very long and thin and pointy, um, especially its teeth. 
its teeth are like that too. It has long, thin, pointy teeth. Right. Um, so it's, it's really, really long and it's going to weigh a lot because it's so long, but it's not going to be like, if you're thinking great shark, just kind of scale that down a little bit. Right. Right. I think it's like slender wise, a little bit more like a, like, is it a seven gill, a seven gill shark? Sure. They're like, they kind of look like mini great whites, but they're much, much thinner. Yeah. But like color wise and everything. Um, yeah, color wise, that's an interesting thing to talk yeah. about too. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about where it's found a little bit more because, like I said, it prefers the deep water, mm-hmm. and that has an impact on how often we see it. It right. also has an impact on how it lives, what it eats, that sort of thing. So the adults are normally captured while they're swimming at depths of about nine hundred to four thousand three hundred feet. Nine hundred to four thousand three hundred. Yeah, that's feet. a big. Below. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know humans could go that deep. Or fishing nets, huh? Fishing. It's not the humans. Fishing implements. Whatever people fish with. I'm not a fisher. Exactly. Men. Juveniles will more frequently get closer to the surface, like within 90 feet of the surface. Oof. But not, not the adults. The adults like to stay deeper. Right. They don't have any curiosity. Yep. They are fine. Yeah. They're, they're just hanging out it's like ariel versus triton exactly don't go to the surface don't go to the surface oh ariel probably really actually was a goblin shark oh no (laughs) oh wow i can't believe i didn't make that connection before it makes so much sense goblin sharks also have small beady eyes ariel does not have small beady eyes small beady eyes she's a disney princess so you know (laughs) she's got to have those big doe eyes (laughs) and since they can't see very well they have to rely on a lot of uh, their other senses yeah, to get around. Like scent, I assume? Scent, um, electromagnetic senses, oh. which a lot of sharks have. So that big nose is just for show? No, the big <laughs> nose is where all the electromagnetic sensors are located. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about, about what they look like, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about the really long protrud- protruding snout nose thing right um so that's a their whole head their protruding snout is really long but their head is long too they have tiny eyes five very short gill openings their mouth is really large and it's shaped like a parabola a or parabola like yeah, a u or an like, over oval or a yeah 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 parabola is like a u mm-hmm. that is uh, like between yeah. a u and a v yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly for those of you that haven't taken geometry in a while. Yeah. Thank you. Its body is soft and flabby. Mm, sounds delicious. Soft and flabby. That's not what you think of when you think of a shark. I know, right? But okay. But it is more what you think of when you think of those deep sea creatures. Yes, like a blobfish. Exactly. <laughs> so its long snout is covered with these special sensing organs that help it to sense electric fields and the deep, dark waters that it calls home. Okay. Yeah. And there's been some debate about why the nose is so long. Um, the prevailing theory that I read said that probably it's so long because they use it for sensing, so they can kind of stick it into little crevices in the rocks and see if there's prey hiding in those crevices um, or predators or danger. So they... 
the prevailing theory is that they use it as kind of an exploring mechanism. Right. Again, we don't know a ton about these critters. So a lot of what I'm talking about are best hypotheses based on the evidence. Right. Mm-hmm. They are the only remaining remaining member of their family. Like genetically? Yes. All right. Yeah. So their family has been around for about 125 million years. Oh. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. And a lot of the fishermen who've caught one have said something about, yeah, I saw it. And I was like, wow, that is one prehistoric critter. All right. Yeah. They said it you, just like that. Yes, exactly like that. Yeah. Only in Japanese. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you look at it and you think this does not look like something that was just made yesterday. I think, I think though, that we think that of most deep sea creatures. Yeah. Even if they are relatively, like, yeah. relatively new species. Right. They just, they're adapted to such a different environment. It's such a different environment. That they couldn't possibly look anything like what we think they should look like. Absolutely. Because we're so <laughs> used to things that are adapted to our environment. Right. Or, or at least closer to our yeah. environment. But 4,000 feet below sea and potentially yeah. even further where we don't catch them yep. is a, just, just a totally different. That it's dark for, for one right. thing. Right. And that's another thing is their coloration. Right. So you brought this up earlier. Yes. Um, and the, the prevailing assumption when we first started interacting with these critters, which I think the, um, the first specimen was caught in like 1868. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've only known about them for about 150 years. Right. Uh, and they thought it was gray, like most sharks. Right, right. Not so, my friend. Not, Not so. so. They can be kind of bluish gray and tinge. Right. But for the most part, when they're alive, their their blood vessels are so close to their skin and their skin is kind of translucent. So they mostly look pink. Yeah. yeah. So I was I was looking at some pictures of them mm-hmm. and there's definitely like um, even on these pictures, which like you can't tell if the the pictures of these are of deceased specimen right. preserved or um, or of live specimen, but there's definitely like a heavy tinge with like a gray dirt. They just like dirty pink. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, which is okay. Yeah. It's a little. I mean, thing of nightmaresy. Things down there don't have good eyesight. Right. So like right. camouflage isn't as important mm-hmm. because you can't really see anything anyway. And. Really, from that depth, they would look like a flash of, like, slightly less dark water. Right. <laughs> You're like, meh. A little tiny bit of reflection from the sunlight. That's why they just have useless eyes. Exactly. Yes. So, the they're from the family Mitsukurinidae. Mitsukurinidae. Which, like I said, they are the final remaining member of this family. The sharks from this group, including the goblin shark, mm-hmm. were characterized by their thin needle-like teeth that um, are located mostly towards the front of their mouth. Right. And the prehistoric varieties included a whole bunch of ones that lived from like 47 to 38 million years ago and were just all over the globe. Everywhere. 
Wow. Yeah. Aren't we glad that those little needle teeth sharks don't live all over the globe now? I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, me. I don't I don't often go swimming in the ocean and especially not to the deep, deep sea. Yes. But I'm still, I just feel a little more comfortable knowing that there's less needle-like teeth out there to mm-hmm. potentially ever come in contact with me. Agreed. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Now, I had told you not to think of this like a great white shark, but they are not that unclosely related to yeah. great whites. Yeah. They're all a member of the order of lamniforms. Lamniform. Lamniforms. That's easy to say. Yeah, that wasn't so bad. Which contains the basking shark, which are those really, really big, huge, like bus sized ones, mm-hmm. and great white sharks. And they're characterized by the five gill slits on either side of their bodies. And mostly having the two dorsal fins. Right. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So live goblin sharks have only rarely been observed and almost never filmed. But you can find some videos on YouTube. Ah. And oh my gosh, they are so weird. And you should. You should. Is what you're saying. Especially just drop everything you're doing right now and Google goblin shark eating. Or goblin shark catching prey. Doing so right now. Excellent. Dropping everything I'm doing. Perfect. Looking Stop at the, the podcast this, recording. The first video is the Discovery Channel Southeast Asia. Yeah, that'll that'll work. All right. That's a good one. It's swimming. Mm-hmm. Boy, that nose is a funky thing. Uh-huh. That's not the weirdest thing about them. No, no, no. Of course not. You'd it's still think swimming. that weird long nose is the weirdest thing. Also, those teeth are so needle-like. Yeah, and they protrude out all over. And it has, like, the most significant overbite I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. <laughs> yes. They seriously needed. And he, oh, it's, there it is. Trying to eat someone. Oh, no. There it is. What? So their jaws protrude from their from their body like when they catch their prey right like they're, they're swimming around looking like they have a crazy overbite and yep. you're like how would they even get their mouth around that yep. by shooting their jaw yes. outward yes that explains a lot of the pictures i was looking at because i was yeah. like in some of these pictures it looks like they almost have like a second yeah um, like jaw under but it's just that yep. it shoots out when they're hunting yes and can be s- recessed back in yes Exactly. Like retractable cat claws. That's exactly right. But a jaw. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes me very uncomfortable. I know. I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, so, oh, no, thank you. So they need this because they're actually pretty slow swimmers. They're not super fast or super they're not efficient great white swimmers. No. Huh? Well, because they're floppy. Yeah. And yeah. They exactly. don't have they don't have that intense muscle they need right. to be strong swimmers. Right. And they have poor eyesight. It's slow going around in the dark, deep Right. Deep recesses of right, the water. Right, because you got to take your time sensing out those magnetic yeah. fields and yeah. not just like going for it. You can't it. just barrel around everywhere. Because what if you would just be running into things left and yep. right? But then if something swims right in front of you, you got to be able to grab it fast. Right, and you might not be able to get there, but your but jaw your mouth sure can. <laughs> it's like having a big, long tongue, but it's yes. but it's the whole mouth. Yeah, exactly. It's like a frog's tongue, but like it's a whole mouth. There is no other animal that mm-hmm. I can at least think of off the top of my head. Yep. Whose entire mouth shoots out. Like I that. know, right? Oh, it's so Could cool. Could you imagine if humans like were like that? How gross would that be? It would be the coolest thing ever. Or if Rue, our dog with a with an underbite. Oh yeah. That would be disgusting. My little cousin, when he was much little, littler, did an excellent um 
human impression of a goblin shark, Mm -hmm. which is really hard to do. I invite you to try it right now. It hurts. Yeah. Hurts your jaw. My jaw just popped. hard to try and project your jaw. When it physically doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it does make for a great party trick if you can do a goblin shark impression. Well, there you go. (laughs) So let's talk about how this even happens. Oh, my gosh. So the jaw is thrust forward by a double set of ligaments that connect at the mandibular joints. So those are like right. the, the two parts where your jaw comes together. So if you're feeling right. on your face, it's like right in front of your ear. You can feel the where your jaw connects. It's the joint for your two pieces of your jaw. Yeah. For your, your chin with your bottom set of teeth. It's the hinge. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's there. Um, and then for them, when their jaws are retracted... Their ligaments are stretched and they become relaxed when the jaw is projected forward. Oh, so they're just like having to clench all the time. Yeah. And then they, oof, like a, like a. It's like a, like, like a, a spring. Yeah. Yeah. Except for so in reverse. No, it's like a spring. Oh, okay. Because the spring is coiled up. And that's when it's tense. When it's, te- when it's held in together. Right. If right. you had a slinky when you were a kid. Right. right. When you push the slinky all together. It's all coiled up. Yep. But then you release it and it springs out. Yeah. Except for that, it, it's got to be a lot more. It, it wouldn't be like a slinky. It would be a, a heavier duty coil because a slinky yeah. would just go slack and you would have no control yeah. over it. And they have to have at least some it's control like over their jaw. like if you held the base of a metal slinky. Yeah. And then you let the front of it go. Yeah. Those plastic slinkies were oh, yeah. just a joke. Yeah. Nobody liked those. <laughs> it was. It's all those about the useless. metal slinkies, you know. <laughs> yes. Or like exactly. they have little coil cat toys that are like that that have a lot more yeah. bounce to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when they're just swimming around like regular, that jaw is held really tightly closed, and then it functions like a catapult when the when the shark sees some prey and just thrusts forward right really fast. Through That's the just water. wild. Isn't that amazing? I love it. And it's it. very, you know what it's very like? It's what? very like it. <gasps> yeah. Because that totally like mm-hmm. the eyes widen out. And um, the and long, then the, the big jaw like teeth. just boom. And so you're talking specifically in. about the new it. Yes, yeah. yeah, because the because the original movie, I think it did something similar. something similar, but the they just didn't have the technology yeah. to make it look as intense. Yeah, but yeah. I think that was always the way it was supposed to eat. Is that its mouth was supposed to open to reveal several several layers, layers of, of teeth, teeth, sharp needle like a little teeth. more a little more um, lamprey or mm, yeah 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 because yeah. it's like more of a circle, but the same idea. Yeah. Hmm. So cool. That's how they eat now. Luckily, they don't eat humans. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're not in their preferred hunting territory. We're not. We're and also... And we're a little too big. We're a little too big. Because even the biggest ones, like, yep. that'd be a big meal. Yeah. And their their actual jaw... Maybe a bebe. A, yes. Perhaps a bebe. <laughs> <laughs> if you went near a, where a bebe was sleeping. <laughs> Moira. <laughs> um, so they mostly eat... Shark or shrimps, pelagic octopus, other fish, squid, perhaps crabs, um, and their posterior teeth, way tucked way back in their mouth, mm-hmm. are used for crushing. Yeah, so that's why we think they could manage crabs. Right, right. Okay, like mm-hmm. our molars in the back. Yep, you got some sharp, pointy teeth in the front for ripping and tearing, and exactly. then some grinders in the back. Yep, exactly. But we don't eat crabs. No, by the shell. No, we have to unshell those crabs. Yes. Dig dig the pieces out. Yes. Like the 
they're they're far more evolved and skilled than we are. Yeah, just eat the whole thing for living in the sea. Yes, and being able to eat anything that they happen to swim across. Yep, they yep. have to be adapted. They can't be selective. No, they, which is why, like, I imagine because compare how many shrimp they'd have to eat mm-hmm. versus just one squid. Yeah, or one. I mean, there are a tiny squid, but yeah, still, but what you're not going to get that one squid catch every day. They're like a nice right. big size, right? Squid. So you have to just you have to go with what you get, right? Just shoot out those jaws yeah. and grab whatever you got, yeah. like a claw machine. Oh yeah. Oh my god, their jaws literally a claw machine. Yes, only they move way faster than a claw machine. Right. Yeah. No, like one of those fast ones where like it just drops down. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like they're like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh totally drop down on you you didn't get anything Mm -hmm. but hopefully they get something so that they can eat yeah (laughs) but i bet they do this a lot and don't catch anything and are just like meh this is a new video i need to find is goblin sharks failing at eating yes perfect (laughs) we should try that so their their mouths can project forward at a speed of 10.1 feet per second what yeah no. Which if you're trying to calculate, okay, what does that actually mean? So feet per second, that's more than double the pace of like the fastest walking pace that you can manage. Also, just the fact that in one second, but mm-hmm. like, their jaws aren't capable of shooting out 10 feet. No, their jaws will shoot out to about 8.6% of its total body length. Ah! So if it's, say it's 10 feet long. Mm-hmm then its whole mouth could project out almost 10 inches. That's a lot. Isn't that insane? It's not like a crazy amount, but it's a lot. Almost a foot. If it's 13 feet long, its mouth could go out like almost a whole foot. Yeah. Oof. But like compared to a 13 foot creature, it wouldn't look as shocking. Okay. Think of it this way. If, if you had something dangling like seven feet away from you or some, mm-hmm. not seven feet, seven inches away from you mm-hmm. and you could grab it with your mouth without moving your head. Then I, then that the treadmill be, trick really wouldn't work on me now. Would no. it? <laughs> you just sit back and project your mouth and out. have all the donuts, <laughs> right. but that would be enough exercise shooting your jaw oh, and yeah. reeling it back in. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'd have a really pumped jaw. Oh yeah. <laughs> You'd get swole. Just in the jaw. What a weird thing. You'd have the most impressive. I think all of the other goblin sharks would be super into it. Yeah. It would show you a good hunter. Yep. Yep. So that style of eating is called slingshot feeding. Did they need a name for it or were they just having fun? They needed Hokkaido University came up with that name. Just like, I mean, do other animals do this? Or were they just like, we need a name just for goblin sharks? I don't think other an- any other animals project their jaw. Right. Other parts of their body, yes. sure. Yeah. But not their jaw. But we definitely needed a name for it. Okay. 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 What would you have named it? I wouldn't have because it's just like just one like animal does it. The goblin shark feeding mechanism. Yeah. That's so much longer and less fun to say than <laughs> slingshot feeding. Okay. <laughs> Good grief. So scientists think that the reason that they eat this way is probably connected with the way that they swim. So since they're so flabby Mm -hmm. and soft bodied with small fins, but a pretty flexible tail, um, which is designed for maneuverability, but not for propulsion, Mm -hmm. they're super slow moving. So they have to have something about them that's fast. Right. (laughs) So that they, like, they can't come out of nowhere, but their mouth can. 
Well, you know, something's gotta. Yeah, exactly. Which helps him even more to catch something going by. Like if you're just walking down a dark street in the middle of the night, you walk past a dark alleyway and this mouth comes out and grabs you. Mm -hmm. That's opportunistic feeding right there. Right. It's the, I mean, and many, many animals are opportunistic feeders. Exactly. Because they have to be. Exactly. Now, so these are opportunistic carnivores. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not scavengers because they're not Mm -mm. picking at things, but they are hunters, but they are lazy hunters. They're not lazy. They just have a low energy and energy efficient eating model. Okay. Yes. I mean, tell me you wouldn't choose to not have to move to your food if you had the option. I could sit on my couch and slingshot my mouth to my refrigerator. You would. Yeah, absolutely. And we would would. call you lazy. I would call myself well adapted. (laughs) (laughs) Agree to disagree on that one. Okay, fair. So we think, we don't know for sure, but we think that goblin sharks are oviviparous. Okay. Um, A female that was pregnant has never been captured. But records do show that mature females often visit the east coast of Honshu during the springtime, which the assumption is is probably related to reproduction patterns. Some type of breeding ground or laying ground, Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. We think that they probably give live birth to a small number of relatively large young. All right. And that because the smallest juveniles have never been below like a certain amount. Right. Right. Um, So you just assume that just assume they they don't, they can't possibly start that small. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, though they do give live birth, they probably do not connect with their young through a placenta. Mm -hmm. Instead, during the gestation period, the mother most likely provides her young with unfertilized eggs that they eat for nourishment. Right. Cause it's, oviviparous not oviparous yep Mm -hmm. so it's it's so there's eggs eggs inside of her right that they just hatch before they're born Mm -hmm. yes exactly yeah i know because for a long time i was like one or the other right it's one the other or both or sometimes other weird things right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's quite likely that as soon as they are born the young sharks are already like off off they go. All set. Yeah. Yep. Which is true of many, many sea creatures. Especially the um, the ones that are like independent solitary animals. Right, right. Yeah, which they sharks are. Like <laughs> they don't want no babies hanging around. They no. got to go off and do their own thing. Yep. And the babies got to go off and do their own thing too. Yep. Survival of the fittest. That's right. Good luck. Exactly. Don't, don't call. Don't write. Just live a good life. Yeah. yeah. Or don't. It doesn't Whatever. matter. To me. I literally don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not fished commercially, but they are occasionally captured accidentally in fisheries who are targeting other species. Right. However, based on our best knowledge, uh, we currently have goblin sharks listed as a species of least concern. Their habitat is pretty well protected from us right now. Right. Right I mean, now. the the intense temperatures are right. are not reaching them as of yet. Not yet. We really have no way to build into their habitat not and yet. expand that way. <laughs> uh, commercial so, fishing is probably the most yeah, impact. Commercial that we're fishing and, and ocean pollution. Yeah. But even then, 
it's they're so deep down that right. it's hard for surface level pollution to affect them. Right. And same for commercial fishing. We we just can't fish that deep. Yeah. Yet. But if we continue to yep. um to overfish species that they eat uh-huh. or contaminate or species, species that, that species they would species eat. That they eat, eat. Right. Right. The food chain will will yeah. affect, you know, <laughs> everything is eaten by something. Exactly. Eaten by something. Exactly. Which is eaten by humans most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Apex predator. Yep. Hashtag that apex predator life. I'm, I'm guessing goblin sharks are not particularly apex predators. Predators, but oh, not yeah. apex no. predators. Mm-hmm. Nope. Definitely Because there's not. still quite a bit that could take them down. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how tasty they'd be. Meh. But I don't think they have many defenses. They're, they can't get away fast. I mean, we enjoy like... like mussels and scallops which are like just little sluggy things in shells so that's true maybe somebody would like to eat a little sluggy shark that's that's absolutely like possible. a larger shark that's <laughs> called a goblin shark and has a protruding jaw that could bite your whole hand off if you <laughs> went to eat it yeah or your whole arm yeah. if you are a little boy in a yellow coat yes <laughs> oh my gosh goblin sharks are literally both ariel and it oh no whoa we should stop making these pop culture Whoa. connections. Oh, I have some more for later, though. Oh, no. So that's all of our in-depth background stuff. Are you ready for the cool facts? Before we get to the cool facts, oh, should we yeah. take a break for our promo of the episode? Let's do it. Let's do it. Today's promo is brought to you again by the Lady Pod group squad lady, lady pod, pod squad group squad but there yes. you go yeah um which is a place where females and female presenting and female identifying folk can share their especially and gender startup, non-binary too and welcome awesome yep. um can share their startup podcasts and just chat with other cool creators and yeah, have yeah. a little extra space to be featured so this promo we've chosen is from the some kind of brown podcast awesome. Enjoy. In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie, and I'm the host of Some Kind of Brown. I was born and bred in the Southern Bible Belt of the U.S., and if you know anything about the South, growing up multiracial was some kind of an experience. Join me in this community where I share my stories, am joined by guests who share their own, and talk about pop culture events that affect us as mixed people. You can find Some Kind of Brown on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and most places you find podcasts. I'll see you there with some more Shades of Brown. All right. We hope you enjoyed that promo from our friends at the Some Kind of Brown podcast, and we hope you check them out. We'll have all of their information linked in our description for this episode, as well as on our social media posts announcing this episode. We really do hope you check them out and we continue to find more cool podcasts. If you have a podcast you want us to feature in our promo swaps, let us know. Yay. But until then, it's time to get weird and freaky about goblin sharks. Woohoo. Because we definitely haven't gotten weird and freaky enough. No, as if a yet. protruding shooting jaw wasn't freaky enough. Right. Let's uh right. or the thin needle teeth that stick all the way around and out. Yeah. Yeah. That's Let's, definitely not creepy. Or the weird pink brown skin. Yeah. Because their blood vessels are not, so close not to the creepy. Did I tell you that literally their mouths cannot contain all of their teeth? No, but I could see it yeah. in the pictures. Like you could just see. No. No. Nope. Not right now, Gatsby. Nope, baby. No. Not right now, Bubba. Yes. Yeah. Literally can't fit their whole teeth in their whole 
mouth. Oh, so like a chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> Too much overcrowding. They're just blepping. They have sharp bleps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they blep with their teeth and not with their tongue. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want to boop them on the nose and it's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, just don't try that. You'll be okay. I think so. Um, okay. So let's see Whew, where to even start with the, the oddball stuff, huh? I, I guess. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about our human interactions with them. The as limited as they may be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Super limited. So we have eaten them. Okay. We, we as a human species, yes, not we as not, in Cassie and Karina individually. Not, not it. Yeah. Nose, nose goes. <laughs> <laughs> they can be eaten by dry salting them. Oh, so drying them out like jerky? Yep. Yeah, in like packing them in salt and drying them out that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been caught many times. Actually, not even that many times. Like under 100 times they've been caught. But the one attempt to try and keep a live one in an aquarium mm-hmm. lasted for a whole guess. Guess. Three days. A little longer. Okay. A week? A week. A week. Yeah. It didn't go well. It's pretty hard to recreate that environment. Exactly. Because any, like, if you keep it in an aquarium, there's light. There's some kind of yep. light. You can't necessarily get the water to the temperature it needs to be. Yes. It's cold down there. Absolutely. Like, and how you, we are just in a different atmosphere. Yeah. So there is just more heat here. And you can't cool down water also the same the way. Pressure you know? is totally different. Yeah, because it's real. It's like the it's deeper you go, high pressure mm-hmm. at that level. Right. So, and if you if you don't like go up through the pressure really slowly, you can get all sorts of weird things. And if your body is adapted for a certain pressure, it can right. be really hard to readapt to a different type of pressure. Absolutely. So, whew, yeah. I I guess where this where I'm going with this is that I'm so sorry to disappoint all of you, but you cannot keep a goblin shark as a pet. No. At this don't. time. <laughs> all right. So I mentioned that there were some pop culture references that I wanted to talk about. Yes. There, and I'm I'm frightened. I'm there, frightened, friend. There have been um several movie monsters based on goblin sharks. Okay. 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 So one of them was one that I have never seen, but I've heard of, of course. It's from 2017's Alien Covenant. I've never heard of that. According to Charlie Hinley, who was the VFX supervisor on that movie, he and his team took inspiration from the goblin shark for designing the movie's white-skinned neomorph, which had a set of protruding jaws that it used to take out a traveler about halfway through the movie. All right. Yeah, Google it. The Neomorph? Neomorph. Alien Covenant Neomorph. Oh, that's definitely... Oh, wait. No, that is it. I was like, that's not it. It is it. And it does not look a ton... Wait. Oh, Xenomorph versus Neomorph. Oh, okay. Oh, because it's an alien movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. The, like the same. And the Xenomorph or the right. aliens. I hadn't that heard we're specifically of the sequel, but like I yeah. heard of the movie Alien. So like of the movies Alien. Yeah, but it oh. it looks kind of the same as the Xenomorph I think with the, a few more spikes. And it's it's whiter. 
Yeah, different and color. It's supposed to have a protruding jaw that shoots forward. Got it. Got it. Yep. Um, I don't see. I don't see. It's like a reverse goblin shark, maybe. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's got a long thing sticking out of the back. Of the yeah. Toilet. So I as, don't see it. As opposed to that, the one that I thought, oh yeah, okay, from one of my all-time favorite movies, Pacific Rim. One of the kaiju, Knife Head, has a long pointed snout that was a deliberate homage to goblin sharks. This one. I didn't even that's need to add one. Knife Head. All I needed to do was say, yep, that's definitely that's a 100% in, right? That's so great. It's so creepy. Sure, odd. okay. Because Pacific Rim takes place in, well, he, all along the Pacific Rim, but of course, Japan is part of the yeah. Pacific Rim. And they're the, the animals, well, animals, the creatures in it were coming from the deep sea. Right. Like so there's something that was supposed to be kind hey, of like a Mariana so Trench sort of A situation. nod to you for doing right? a, at least a little bit of research. I think that's a really smart way to use inspiration from our odd supernatural, natural, preternatural, natural world. <laughs> and, uh, and make it terrifying, but also really cool and fascinating. Right. Just like the goblin shark. I honestly, I'm not terrified of goblin sharks because you're just never going to interact with them. But I do think that they are so freaking cool. So cool. I, I think they're as cool as I think any shark is cool. I think they're way cooler than most sharks. And I already think most sharks are really cool. I think I just I think I just have like a fondness for like tiger sharks. Okay. And like in things that are like a little cuter. Even though they no, it's you not like even the, cute the cuteness. Ones. It's just like they have a lot of personality. Um I'm aspects. sorry. If you do not think that a goblin shark is the most personality laden shark in the world, you I, are wrong. I don't. I you would like wrong. to be able to like like nurse sharks. You know, you want to just like swim around with them a little bit. I would not swim with a goblin shark. I would definitely swim with a goblin shark. Okay. Um, R.I.P. your arm. I wouldn't swim in front of a goblin shark. <laughs> but I would swim alongside or a goblin like, shark. Or like as long as you clear what a foot in front of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where their jaw can't yeah, reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and, fine. And you could probably, you think you could swim faster than them? I just can't like get anywhere. As long as you're staying at least as far as their protruding snout. Is. You'd be okay. Yeah, you're fine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I still say... <laughs> I think they're just as cool as all other sharks. I don't think they rank top shark for me wow. personally. Wow. Okay. What's your top ranked top three sharks then? Well, I don't, I don't have it prepared. I'm just me, saying I don't feel like it reaches there. Goblin shark, number one. Whale shark, number two. Bull shark, number three. How do you not automatically have a top three shark list all the because time? Because I just, I don't know a lot about sharks. Goblin sharks. Jaw, coolest thing in the world best adaptation you gotta give a nod to great white sharks they're not in your top three not in my top three they'd mm -mm. be in my top three well i'm basic are cute and they're awesome and i love them and nurse sharks would be in my top three mm -hmm. for sure and probably tiger sharks and bull sharks are adapted to be able to swim in both salt and seawater and are one of the very few creatures who can do that and that's so cool why are tiger sharks one of your top three i don't know they're just cool okay they are cool they that's are fair. cool yeah. And I feel like, so like I grew up going to the Monterey Bay Aquarium yeah. and the Aquarium of the Bay in right. San Francisco. And those are sharks that we see a lot in our waters. Right. And so they're sharks we see a lot in those aquariums. So sure. I think I just, they're just cool. They're your Californian yeah. family community it, sharks. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, um, 
is it um, i'm gonna do a quick yeah leopard sharks because i oh, got yeah. that cool pattern like yeah, how yeah, do you yeah, not yeah. love a leopard shark those are very cool. right yep yeah okay that's cool fair see yeah i have reasons <laughs> but yes i d- do think that goblin sharks are very halloween they're very in yes. the spirit of spooktober and I'm a fan of them as a spooktober animal that I am mildly afraid of. I think I think they're the perfect spooktober. Yeah. Because they're interesting. We don't know a ton about them, so they're a little bit mysterious. They kind of remind me of ghosts in that if you saw one just kind of drift by the at the very far part of your eyesight, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, whoa. Did I just see something? What was that? What was that? Was it there? I don't know. And then also they have that terrifying horror movie aspect to them too. Yeah. They're yeah. fabulous. So it's, it's not a Casper, the friendly ghost. But no. you know. No. It's definitely more a haunting of Hill House ghost. It's a, was that a ghost or was that just a reflection of something? Ah, uh, mm. those are the worst kind. I know those are the best Those are the ones kind. that keep you up. Yes. Oh no. Oh yeah. Is that a ghost or am I actually going psychotic? You know what they haven't made yet that I want to see? What? A haunted aquarium. I... Like, I want to see that movie. The Haunting of the Aquarium. I feel like it would turn into a comedy. (gasps) No. It would be so scary. How, though? You know? Or... They also haven't done, like, a haunted zoo. They've done a lot of other, like, zombie zoo type things. That's true, but not a haunted one. Yeah. Yeah. And, And... Specifically, it's different than like a haunted ship because I don't want to see the haunting on the ship. I want to see the haunting in the water. Yeah, but would you see haunting in the water? Like, what if you were diving down to do maintenance on one of the big tanks and there was in an aquarium? Just ghost sharks? Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. I I don't so think cool. we are experiencing the same level of that excitement about this potential concept. Literally, my favorite Halloween movie ever. Wow. Would be ghost sharks. What an in insult. A haunted aquarium. What an insult. No. To Casper the Friendly Ghost. Okay. Casper is already not. And Christina in my top Ricci. One. Okay. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Huh. So goblin sharks. I yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a it's one of those that like you knew we had to cover it at some point. Yep. And just find out about how weird they were. I don't think so I'll weird. ever be able to sleep the same. Good. Knowing shouldn't. that there is an animal out there that can shoot its jaw out. Yeah. Like just its entire jaw. Yeah. Like a slingshot or right? a slinky. Like snake I jaws think- already function so strangely yes. to me that like that is just, it blows your mind. Yeah. I think they, I think they missed an opportunity by naming mm-hmm. it slingshot jaws. Instead of slinky jaw. Yes. Because it really, it's a slinky. It's really a slinky. Yeah. No, I mean... Or um, spring-loaded jaws. Yeah. That's really what it is because yep. it comes back. Because a slingshot doesn't come back. No, it just flops down. Yeah. <laughs> you shoot a, a slingshot and it, yeah, pulls back a ton. And then you let it go and it releases and goes forward. But then it just flops down. It doesn't yeah. go back. Yeah. Yeah. It's spring-loaded. No, it's definitely, definitely yep. a spring-loaded jaw. But <laughs> that's okay. I'm going to write to the professors at Hokkaido University and suggest my alternate name. And strongly suggest? Yes. Just like, yeah. how could you do this? Also, I would be happy to be partly, like, to seek part-time employment with them in their naming department. Oh, okay. To be able to name future animal mechanisms of things. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be I, cool. You're like, I'm a doctor. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's, I Yeah. There's I do those this. letters after my name. It's fine. Yeah. 
It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter what my doctorate was in. Don't ask. <laughs> don't ask. Don't tell. Ooh. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, here at CritterCast, we had a rousing episode 44. Yeah. I think rousing is the is a good word. Rousing your suspicions. Rousing your fears. Rousing all the things. That's right. I had nothing else to add, but I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to tag in there. If you loved this episode and you can't wait to hear more, there are 43 other episodes. That's right. Actually, there's really like, there's a couple extra bonus stuff yeah. thrown in there, but there's 43 other complete Crittercast episodes yep. that you can enjoy on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all the podcasting places. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Yes. And if you still can't, pick one site you can just go to our website crittercastpodcast.com mm-hmm. and listen to all the episodes right on there complete with all the show notes and all the cool stuff that's right and there aren't even ads on our web website or anything so it won't be interrupting you every five seconds no you could just like you could just listen just it's listen great to everything and then if you've listened to all those episodes yeah. and you just you just need more of us you need more of our wit and our humor because we are hilarious and and our knowledge and all that <laughs> stuff you can find us on social media so we have a facebook page at CritterCast, we have an instagram at CritterCast podcast Ooh. and we have a twitter at cast critter what if they wanted to see something we've done they could do two different things they could Check out our YouTube channel, which is CritterCast. And we always put our reptile show vlogs up on there as well as our Facebook page. Or you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash CritterCast. Now, full disclosure, you do have to join as a patron to get access to the content that's on there. But what content is even on Patreon? Oh, my gosh. joining? Absolutely. So on Patreon, we have A, the feature of our Patreon, is full-length exclusive episodes on magical, mystical creatures that we do monthly. Amazing. And then, of course, we also have some behind-the-scenes videos. Videos, some extra footage. We give uh, Patreons exclusive early access to things before they go out on our general nice. social media. So oh like gosh. our Halloween photos that we put up, yep. those went out on Patreon first. Wow. So if you want to get in on that, you can join us for as little as $1 a month. Oh my gosh. And I think that's the amazing. benefits way outweigh that tiny little dollar a month. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that's definitely, that's cheaper than a small thing of fries from McDonald's. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, and you get so much more than just like three fries. And equally salty. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But that's totally optional. If you love us and you want to support what you do, we use our Patreon donations to go to reptile shows and do mm-hmm. education we use them to print materials to hand out to people for free that's right we use them to make merchandise and freebies to give out and to of course upgrade our podcasting system and equipment so we're always happy to have your support through patreon yeah but even if all you want to do is follow us on social media or all you want to do is continue to listen to our episodes hey we love that welcome we can't be more excited to have you those are all the ways that you can follow up with CritterCast, mm-hmm. and we'll be back in another two weeks for another full-length episode yep. starting in november oh boy it's the holiday season <gasps> yay karina's favorite time of year we're gonna get so warm and fuzzy up in oh, here I'm for so a couple excited. months i'm i can't wait lovely i can't wait and if you enjoyed this episode Please think about telling a friend who you think would also enjoy this episode. Tell a friend, leave a review, leave a rating, anything you can do to spread the message of love and respect for all the animals on this planet. We know you will because all of our CritterCast listeners are absolutely the kind of people who leave little 
little bottle caps of water out for bees. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Until next time, see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the Critter Cast Podcast.